The Gospel lesson today is from Mark chapter 1, verses 14 through 20. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent, believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately he called to them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Has anybody reminded you that you are the beloved sons and daughters of God? You are. You are. One of the first places I remember learning that was at Camp Aldersgate. How many of you have been to Camp Aldersgate? Oh, a good number of you. One of my memories of Aldersgate was sitting around the campfire as a teenager and singing the song, well, I'm going to sing it, don't let me sing a solo. If, if you know it, sing with me. If you don't know it, sing with me. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Ah, you learned it too. That's a good song, and it's always in season. Even if there's a moment in our lives where we decide to follow Jesus, every day is a moment to decide again to follow Jesus. I have been interested to watch how campfire songs have changed since the (laughs) mid-70s. We sang about following Jesus. The songs that youth sing today are more about worshiping Jesus. Do you notice that shift? Can you hear in your heads already some songs that you may have sung as youth or maybe youth counselors? And what youth are singing today in praise music is more about worshiping Jesus. One of my mentors in ministry has often said, you know, Jesus never told us to worship him. But he told us often and told the people of the scriptures, the scriptures that Carolyn read today, Jesus is inviting us to follow Jesus. Follow me, follow me, follow me. Jesus doesn't say to people, I want you to worship me. Because I think Jesus knew that when we worship someone, we put them so far away from us that what they say and do is inaccessible to us 
Or we say, well, that was Jesus. He can do that. We're just human. That's not ours to do. No. Jesus said, follow me. Do what I did. Say what I say. Hang out with the outcasts and the marginalized like I hang out with them. Forgive others the way I forgive them. Love the unlovable the way I love the unlovable. Do you see what Jesus is saying to us? Don't just say, oh, Jesus did that because he's the Son of God. Jesus did that and said to us, follow me. Do like I do. Love like I love. Not easy. Not easy. And I sense that it's harder and harder for young people to claim the name Christian because the next generation sees right through the hypocrisy of the church. And they don't want to be lumped in with a whole bunch of other people who also call themselves Christians who are not following Jesus, who are not doing like Jesus did, who are not loving like Jesus did. And they don't want to be lumped in with that crowd of people who call themselves Christians. That may be a challenge for us in the mainline church if we're going to help the next generation to claim their faith in a way that has authenticity, integrity, that is genuine. Sometimes I find myself not introducing myself as a Christian because that term has been handled by so many greasy hands. I find myself saying, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to follow Jesus. Which I hope will convey a few things. One, that I'm not good at it. I'm not an expert at it. I haven't figured it out yet. I'm trying to follow Jesus. And there are many people of many faith traditions and of no faith tradition who might find that more accessible than saying, I'm a Christian. I don't know. Our contexts are different. Our cultures are different. But we need to figure out some language so that we can say something of our faithfulness in a way that our friends, our neighbors, even our own families can hear it and not write us off. At the men's breakfast a good number of months ago, maybe it was a few years ago, I don't remember, those conversations um, blend together, but they're good conversations. We were talking about how do we claim our faith in a way that has integrity. And one of our brothers shared a story about when he was on a business trip in the Middle East and he was in a taxi and, and one of his colleagues who was of a different faith tradition said something like, you're a Christian, right? What does that mean? And the person was so uh, taken aback by the simplicity of the question and yet 
how deep that question was, we're not often asked that here. How many of you have been asked in the last week, what does it mean for you to follow Jesus? Okay, you don't even have to look behind you. I'll tell you, nobody's raising their hand. And our brother has thought deeply about that question even years after he was asked, because now that he's had time to think about it, he would answer it differently. And I'm so glad he shared that with our men's group, because I'm still thinking about it. And I sense others are still thinking about it. What would we say if people said to us, oh, I, I see you go to church on Sunday. What does that mean? Are, are, are you a follower of Jesus? Are you a Christian? Why is that? What would you say? That may be really important for us to think about. As it relates to this scripture that Carolyn read to us from the Gospel of Mark, let's just take a brief look at the landscape of this text, which may help us to see what God is doing and how we may come alongside of God and be conduits of God's love, conduits of God's good news. The passage starts out by saying, after John the baptizer was arrested. Let's just take that. The empire is arresting preachers. They're arresting people who don't dress like everybody else. They're arresting people who are on the margins eating bugs and honey in the desert. And we know how this story ends, know that the empire is about to execute this preacher named John the Baptizer. Does that tell you something about the politics of the day? The politics of the day that Jesus lived in were chaotic, they were unjust, they were unlawful, everything was up for grabs and no one knew whether they would be next. Does that stop God from doing something? No. God seems to be okay with utter chaos in the political landscape and does something in the midst of that chaos. So, we who are trying to follow Jesus, look around in the political chaos that we're in. Maybe God is about to do something. And then, the next passage, the next piece of good news is that it says, after John was arrested, Jesus went to Galilee. Now, Galilee is not home territory for Jesus. Galilee is a different culture, a different language, a different religion. God seems to like when cultures of difference come together. God seems to do something powerful when we are in cross-cultural, multicultural settings, if we're followers of Jesus, who is taking 
a journey through a foreign land. Do you ever feel like you're a stranger in a strange land? If you feel that way, I imagine there are many others that feel that way too. Maybe we need to pay attention to when we're feeling that or when we sense others in our culture and society are feeling like strangers in a strange land and we need to pay attention because God may be doing something. And then Jesus, after John was arrested, Jesus goes to Galilee. He says this, the good news of God, the good news of God's love for all people. God's reign is happening. It has already happened. Face in a new direction. Look in a new way. Live in a new way. And trust that God is with you. Friends, there may be someone in our lives who is going through a difficult time and they may need to hear from you. The only scriptures that they'll read this week. They may need to hear from you or from us that God is with them. Even in the mess, even in the chaos, God is with us. You've heard me say this before. I often find myself saying this at funerals. God protects us from nothing and sustains us in everything. God protects us from nothing and sustains us in everything. Maybe we need to say to someone we know, all I know is that God is with you. And I believe that with all my heart. I know there are some preachers in our midst. I've had about five different endings to this sermon. And the one that I'm planning on sharing now, I wasn't planning on because I was driving to church today and I said, well, God, I still don't know exactly how you want me to end this. But I sense this. Someone in here, and it may not, this ending may not be for everybody. It may just be for one person. So you can eavesdrop in. If this doesn't pertain to you, fine. I want to talk about Zebedee. Zebedee had a family fishing business. And in Jesus' day, the family fishing business was dependent on the sons and the grandsons. I know that sounds sexist and not inclusive. It isn't. It wasn't. Thank God we've changed and we're still changing. But in, in this day, the business depended on Zebedee's sons. And Zebedee sees this Jesus, this apparent rabbi, come by and say to his sons, come and follow me. 
And they do. And Zebedee watches his family business walk away. And he sees the respect of the townsfolk disappear. He sees his own self-image thrown up for grabs to the wind because his sons are following Jesus and leaving the fishing business. We don't know what happens to Zebedee, but I trust that he becomes part of this journey, part of this story of God, where one day he will realize, or perhaps he did realize, that part of his role in the gospel is entrusting his sons to God's purposes, entrusting his own business to God's grace, entrusting his own future, which now looked pretty bleak because the sons were going to take care of him in his old age. Perhaps he was led to trust God at a gut level. I share that because I sense some parents here or grandparents here are worried about their kids or worried about their grandkids making decisions that they would not choose and seeing their kids and grandkids make decisions that may or may not be good for them or good for the family. And are certainly not in our plans. If you are feeling like Zebedee, we are invited to trust that our sons and daughters, our grandsons and granddaughters are making decisions that somehow God will use even if they are not wise right now, even if they may cause pain right now. We're invited to trust that God can use even those decisions and those situations to bring about goodness, to bring about grace, to bring about growth. And maybe the word, the good news is God saying, God is with them and God is with you. And the reign of God has already come and it will be all right. And if you are James or John or some other name for the sons and daughters of Zebedee, maybe the word for you is this. God calls us to leave our family of origin at some level so that we can discover who we really are. Not the identity that we learned in our family of origin. Therapist friends of mine will tell me most of their conversations are about their client's family of origin and what they need to unlearn from them 
or what they need to learn about themselves that their family of origin never told them, never taught them well. Sons and daughters of Zebedee may be following Jesus for us. He's discerning who we are apart from what our families of origin told us, which is usually much bigger, much more loving, much more precious than our human being families could possibly teach us. Deciding to follow Jesus is to discover who we are, who we really are, looking through the lenses of Christ, which means following Jesus who smiles at us and loves us without condition and with great joy. If you want to follow Jesus again and start again today, I invite you to sing with me with a sense of the sacred. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Amen.